Hey guys, it's the Viking Preacher here again. Uh, got another message for you today uh, for this week uh, called The uh, Art of Prayer. Uh, one of the best gifts ever given to a secondary only to the gift of salvation is the gift of prayer and the ability to go to the Lord with our concerns and with our burdens and just to be able to commune with the creator of everything that is a gift that we take for granted and it's something that unfortunately we a lot of times don't utilize in case of emergency it's kind of like that uh that old fire extinguisher sitting there behind the glass says break in case of fire unfortunately we treat prayer like that and we're, we're not supposed to. That's supposed to be one of our first natural instincts is to quickly go to the Lord in, in prayer. If you're not talking to him on a regular basis, how do you expect to get to know him? And so uh, I wanted to share something. Uh, this whole message here on prayer, uh, it's been on my mind a lot here recently. Uh, I want to start out with uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Give you a chance to turn to that. But we really got to learn how to pray. And some, some of us have never been taught how to pray. And a little bit of back history on this is a lot of the disciples there were asking Jesus, how do you pray? Teach us how to pray. Just like John the Baptist taught his disciples, teach us how to pray. Not that they didn't know how to pray, because most of them kind of grew up in that Jewish culture where they were praying all the time and praying for certain feasts and praying certain times of the day and for certain religious festivities. But obviously it was something different than what they grew up with. It wasn't the festivity prayer. It wasn't the sacramental prayer or we're just doing this because it's tradition prayer. No, this was them witnessing Jesus talk to his father. So let's pick up in verse 5 of chapter 6. It says, When you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Do not be like for like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. And I'm going to pause right there for a second. What I don't want anybody to take away from this, I don't want you to, I want you to hear what's actually being said, what's not being said. I'm going to repeat that. Listen to what is being said, not what is not being said. I don't want anybody to think that this passage is saying that we shouldn't pray openly with each other or to pray aloud with each other. What this is saying is don't be like those people 
that are only praying so that people will see them, so that they look holy. You know, those people that take 30 minutes to pray over a meal, and you can tell listening to them that they're just trying to drag it out and just praying just to pray and using words just to use words. There's a difference between praying for 30 minutes or even longer and praying. And what this is talking about is praying, truly talking with the Father. And with that, you can take as much time as you need, especially if it's in secret because it's just you and God, so you don't have anything to prove. But like I said, I didn't want to continue on and people think that you can't pray aloud with each other. Because I think that is the exact opposite. And I don't think that's what's being said here. I really think that's what the devil wants us to believe is that we can't pray aloud. Because if he can shut us up, he cuts our power that we've been given away. Let's pick back up. It says, therefore, pray in this manner. And this is known as the Lord's Prayer. But pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to pause here for a minute and kind of break this down. Starting out, Jesus is telling them to give honor to God. But not just giving honor to God, but to understand that God is also our Heavenly Father. Our Father who is in heaven. So hallowed, that means holy is your name. So we're giving reverence to God. That's something we've always got to make sure we take into consideration. A couple weeks ago, I was preaching on David and Goliath. And one of the things that David had was reverence for God. That's something that Goliath didn't have. And David was like, who is this man that doesn't even revere our God? But back to where we are right here. Holy is your name. Holy, holy, holy is your name. You'll read that further on in Revelation and other parts of the Bible where the angels are going, Holy, holy, holy is God Almighty. Next it says, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. When we become Christians, when we join in with God and accept Jesus, we are brought into his kingdom. We are members of his kingdom. We are representatives of his kingdom. So we need to expect his kingdom to come. We need to be about the work of his kingdom. And in order for us to be about the work of his kingdom, we need to be concerned about his will. Not our kingdom, but his kingdom. Not our will, but his will. Be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means we got stake in this. We have something to add to God. We can serve him and work in a mighty way for him. He's given us the strengths and the abilities and the giftings 
to work for him, to represent for his kingdom. And we represent his kingdom through our speech, through our actions, and through our willingness to allow God to work through us. Because sometimes God will take us places that we had no intention on going, that we didn't even know that we would excel at. But he did because he created us. And it says to give us this day our daily bread. That means that we need to ask God to feed us. That we need to be hungry for God. Hungry for his word. Hungry for his spirit. Hungry for everything about him. That we need to recognize our nourishment comes from God. Just like the manna in the Hebrews, where God fed the Hebrew people every day with his manna. They didn't even have to work for it. All they had to do was wake up, get out the tent, go out there, pick up this bread, and store it, and eat it for the day. They didn't even have to really have to store it, because it was enough for the day, and it was always coming back the next day. It was their daily bread. And to forgive us our, our debts or our sins. On top of that, as we forget our sinners. As we forgive our sinners or our debtors. We need to recognize that we have sin in our lives. That we need to repent of. That we need forgiveness of. But on top of that, if we're going to receive forgiveness, we have to be willing to forgive the ones around us. This wasn't an option. This says, as we forgive our debtors, the people that have sinned against us, the people that have done us wrong, we need to forgive them. And sometimes that's a little bit easier said than done. I do promise you, the closer you draw to God and the longer you walk with him, the easier it is to forgive others. I heard very recently from a friend of mine, it says that the word hate is not a word that a Christian knows. You can't claim to be a Christian or a follower of God and also claim to hate somebody or even not even claim it, but still have hatred in your heart for somebody. That's like oil and water. It don't mix. It stays continuously separated. And we need to be about the holy water. And it says, Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some translations will say, Deliver us from the evil one. This isn't saying that God tempts us, but we're asking Him to lead us. We're recognizing that He guides our steps. And we need to follow after him. So where he leads, we follow. And we need deliverance from the evil. There are some of us around here that has so much evil wrapped up inside of us that we won't let go of. And every once in a while, it pokes his ugly head out. Usually when we're stressed beyond means, it pokes his ugly, ugly, ugly head out. And we say some things out of anger and evilness that we didn't even know we still had in us. And I declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that we would be delivered right now from any type of evil bondage within us. Because we need deliverance every day. Just like we need to deliver 
others every day. And then this prayer ends, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we start out by reverencing the Lord and reverencing his holy name. And we end the prayer with reverencing his authority, his identity, and who he is. We start out with reverence, we end with reverence. I'm going to be moving over to Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1 here in a second. But this is how we learn how to pray. This is the first step right here. And a lot of times we recite the Lord's Prayer and we don't even truly think about what we're reciting, what we're speaking back. Sometimes we're just doing it just because that's the time period in church to do it. Or somebody said, let us say the Lord's Prayer together, which is a beautiful thing. But I never want anybody here to get desensitized to the Lord's Prayer. There's something special about it. Not just because it's the Lord's Prayer. Not just because it's God's Word. But because it is living Word. There's something special about it. And we cannot afford to be desensitized by it. We have to give it reverence just like we give God because God is the Word and the Word is God. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1, he says, He was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who has indebted us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. we got to let that sink in. I'm just going to give us a couple seconds to let that sink in. Read over it yourself and take a moment. Then starting in verse 5, Jesus continues on. Then he said to them, Which of you has a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is on his journey and has come to me, and I have nothing set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you anything. Basically, he's saying, dude, it's midnight. Why are you beating on my door? Go away. My kids are asleep. You best not wake my kids up. And you sure best not wake up my wife because she'll be mad. I'll be mad because she's mad. And she's mad because the kids are awake. That's paraphrase. That's not exactly scripture. But it's what it's saying. Continuing on, it says, And I say to you, though he will not rise and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. 
And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread, and any of you who is a father, will you give him a stone? Or will he ask for a fish? Will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I've heard a lot of different interpretations on this passage here. But right now, I'm doing my best to stick as close to what is physically in this passage. It says, How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That's something else that we need to learn in prayer is to ask God to fill us with His Holy Spirit, to ask the Holy Spirit to be upon us. I was looking back at the old Greek word for baptism, baptismos, and the definition to be fully submerged or completely overwhelmed. And a lot of times when we use the word overwhelmed, it has a bad connotation, has kind of a bad stigma to it. But how awesome is it to think about being completely overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Be fully submerged and completely overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling y'all, we can move mountains if we are filled with the Holy Spirit and if we're continuously seeking out to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some may say that's a dangerous prayer to ask God to fill you with His Spirit, but I tell you, that is the only way to live. That is the only way to fully fulfill the godly life that you're made for, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, continuously overflowing, so much that it overflows into the world around you, that people realize that there is something wholly different about you. The other thing that people get hung up on here with this passage is the ask and you will receive. All who ask will receive. Now I'm again trying to stick with the Holy Spirit because I promise you anybody that asks God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, whatever term you want to use, Anybody that asks God to fill them up, he will gladly fill them up. But speaking on what most people interpret as the asking you'll receive, you've got to be having the same mindset of God. And if you're not filled with his Holy Spirit, it is impossible to have the mindset of God. If you're not getting into his word on a daily basis, it is impossible to maintain the mind of Christ. 
We can't do it on our own. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. And we definitely can't do it if we're not being filled up with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? If we're not continuously being filled, our cups get empty. I'm not saying that we lose our salvation. I'm not saying the Spirit abandons us. But I am saying that we are not as saturated and filled up with the Holy Spirit as we could be if we're not aggressively, actively trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We will quench the Spirit in our lives through our actions. Something that I've noticed over the years is uh, when I neglect time with God, when I neglect time in the Word, neglect time in prayer, I start to make some stupid decisions. I start falling into temptations left and right on things. Some simple things and small things, some big things. I don't have as much self-control. I'm a little bit more harsh in my tone. If you don't ask me, ask my wife. She can tell you. No, I'm not the perfect husband. I do try to be. And yes, sometimes I do have a harsh tongue, believe it or not. Some people think I'm very soft-spoken, big old teddy bear. But I guarantee them to you, you get out there with a teddy bear in the wild, they're not so soft and cuddly all the time. They're kind of aggressive and sharp-toothed and sharp-clawed and will tear you up. And without the Holy Spirit, I'm a gruff person. So I pull back from 1 John 5, 14 through 15 for backup on being filled with the Holy Spirit and having the mind of Christ. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. Let me rewind that a little bit. If we ask anything according to his will. Whose will? His will. Not mine. Not yours. Not the president's. God's will. He hears us. So if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have whatever we ask of him. <clears throat> That's important stuff right there. But again, it goes back to his will. And if we're not spending time with him, we don't know what his will is. If we don't spend time with him, we don't carry the authority that we need to make things happen. Because if we're speaking out of authority, it's best be under his will and within the confines of the authority that he's given us. Just like at work as a paramedic, I can operate within my protocols. Anything that is within my protocols, I can do in the state of North Carolina and in the county of Iredale. As long as it is appropriate. I have the authority to do such. Just like that in our Christian walk. We've been given the authority to open our mouths and to loosen things and to bind things, to speak life, to heal people, to cast out demons. And we don't do it. God's given us a mouth to speak. We can speak his word. 
If you don't know what to pray, open up the book of Psalms and start reading the psalm out loud and say amen. Do it again. Repeat and repeat and repeat. I promise you, you'll find some pretty deep prayers in the book of Psalms. And most of the really deep ones, they already end with amen. So if you don't know what to pray, do that. If you don't know what to pray, look around and find something that you can thank God for. I don't care how small it is. People laugh at me all the time, but I'm being dead serious. If you got a cup of coffee, thank God that you got a cup of coffee. If you got running water, thank God you got running water. If your AC just got on, thank him that you have AC. You heat. Thank him that you have heat. You go out and crank your car. Thank him that your car cranked. And on top of that, that you've got a car to drive. And last passage, Matthew 18, verse 18, 18 through 20. It says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are assembled in my name, this Jesus' name, there I am in their midst. Excuse me. That's the authority that we've been given. To bind and to loose. To speak life. But we can't speak on that authority if we're not spending time with the one that gave us that authority. And I promise you, the devil don't want you speaking. He knows the authority that we've been given as soon as we come into Christ, as soon as we're saved, as soon as we become heirs of God with Christ, as soon as we're covered by his blood. We've been given a cannon, a spiritual cannon to fire off at the enemy. And we're too scared to use it. We don't ever open up our mouths. We're so busy that we don't take time to pray. And we're silent when we need to be speaking. But by golly, we're pretty quick to tell the world what we're offended by and what we're against and what we're for. That's where we really need to be silent about at times is what all we're offended by and against. Take some of that energy of being offended and put it into prayer and my golly, your life will change, I promise you. That is the one thing that Jesus did the most in his ministry. Often, one to bet daily is pray. All throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we hear about 
Jesus getting alone to pray before the big crowds and after the big crowds. Getting alone to pray for his disciples. Pray for the people around him. He was even praying for you and me today. We find that in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and crucified and killed and raised from the dead. And what was he praying there? That we would be one as him and the Father are one. That we would be of one mind. I spoke on this a couple weeks ago. Being of one mind. That's what Jesus prayed over us. But we can't be of one mind if we're not communing with God. If we're not praying. If we're not getting his word. If we're praying, we're speaking to God what is on our heart. What we're dealing with. What we got going on. Praising his name. That's us speaking. We get into his word. That's a part of him speaking back to us. <coughs> Excuse me. The other ways that God speaks back to us is through our Christian peers. Sometimes they'll say something that, that God has inspired them to say that is tailored just for what we need right there. And they don't even know it half the time. It's like one time praying for wisdom over my finances and a good brother of mine coming to me and say, Hey, Cam, I want to share what me and my wife did several years ago that has helped us financially. Some self-discipline steps that has helped us financially. It worked really great for us. I think it might work for you. I've noticed a couple things. If anybody denies that God can't use somebody else to speak to us, you're just blind, ignorant, and deaf, I'm telling you. Because God does it all the time. I've seen it too many times. But the most authoritative way that God speaks to us that nobody can truly argue is through his word. Everything in our lives need to be filtered by the word. And if you hear something that you think is from the Lord and it doesn't line up with the word of God, I promise you, it ain't from the Lord. Because the Lord never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He was the same 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, yesterday, and he'll be the same tomorrow and a million years from now. So don't be afraid to get on your knees and pray. Don't be afraid to stand there, open up your arms, look to the heavens, and pray and cry out to God. And if all you can do is cry, God still hears that. And if all you can do is say, God, it hurts. It hurts. He still hears that. 
it still comforts you in that. So don't be afraid. Just go before the Lord. For whatever reason, if you're angry at God, good, go before him. Talk to him about it. I don't care if you tell him you're angry. He's a big God. He can handle that. You might end up with a whole different conversation of walking in, God, I'm angry at you to, oh God, thank you for all that you've done in my life. Please forgive me for my stubbornness and my pride. If I sound like I'm passionate about prayer, it's because I am. Part of the reason why I'm so passionate about it is there's so many times within my life that is all I've had is a prayer. Especially as a child, there was times where I was so scared and trembling about things in my life that all I could do to go to sleep at night was to pray. So I'm begging y'all today, pray, pray often, pray frequently, pray short prayers, pray long prayers, I don't care, just pray, speak out to God, come before him. His word says to boldly come to the throne room of God, boldly come to his throne, boldly come to his feet. Just like children, just like my son, runs straight up to me and flops down on me, saying, Daddy, I love you. Or if he's excited about something, Daddy, listen to what happened today. Or, Daddy, I'd really love to have this. Or, Dad, I got a problem. I don't know what to do. Having childlike faith, walking up saying, Dad, I love you. Dad, I need you. Dad, I just want to be with you. Dad, what do we need to do? Boldly come to his throne. And if you never come to his throne before, I beg you to come to his throne today and say, God, I need you. I am a wreck. And I need you to save my heart, save my life. And I want your spirit in me and as much as you can put into me. I want to be overflowing with your spirit. Save me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I recognize and believe that you died to pay my price. And I want to spend eternity with you. Let's pray, y'all. Father God, I just thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for teaching us how to pray and for the gift of prayer, Father. Father, I just ask that you just speak to our hearts, that you would fill us with your spirit, Father. We draw closer to you. Give us a hunger for you, 
that cannot be filled. That we are continuously hungering for you. Wanting more of you. Wanting to be with you more, Father. Just fill us up with your passionate fire, Father. That we be on fire for you. And give us boldness in the world around us. And I just pray that you would shine through us in everything that we do. That everybody could see you through us and through our lives, Father. In your precious holy name, amen.